coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc, and we're going to talk about. We didn't have any fights coming up, and let me just tell you, I'm not going to wear this the whole time because I'm not a big hat wearer. But this is Sammy the Bull Henson. Okay, if you want to check out MMA style wrestling. This guy won the silver medal, freestyle wrestling, Sammy the Bull, YouTube, Sammy the Bull Henson, and you're going to see what MMA wrestling looks like. This guy looked like he was fighting when he won his silver medal. He was like, his hands, he's doing hand fighting, and he's just a, a very aggressive wrestler. He's one of the few guys that I would actually watch, watch wrestle and not fall asleep. Sammy the Bull Henson. And he has a gym. And he call, calls it the bull, and he has, uh, they do seminars and stuff, and, uh, you know, wrestling workshops. But he's out here right now, training with my team. And, I mean, how lucky can a guy, the, my, my, the, my competitors around here, they don't have silver medalists from the Olympics. Not from the Junior Olympics, not from some fucking tournament, from the Olympics, like the whole world Olympics, he won the silver medal. And he's training with us, our team. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Sammy the Bull Henson. He's here. All right. I'm not going to wear the hat the whole time, though. My head gets cold. So what else are we talking about? Um, let me just tell you. Knife is a very good uh, self-defense weapon. We call it an equalizer because we as humans, we're not the strongest species physically. We would, and, and if it was built on strength, we would never be the strongest, we would never be the king of the, of, of the planet, right? I mean, and we weren't king of the planet for like over two million years because we weren't the strongest physically. But we're the smartest, so we started using things called equalizers. So like, do you think if a, if a tiger attacked us, We'd be able to fight them off with our fists? No, but we have a gun, so we can beat them. If a raccoon attacked us, do you think we would beat him with our fists? No, fucking raccoons would kick our ass. So we would have to use a, a gun or maybe a knife. But for you guys to get attacked in the street, it's not a fair fight. It's not supposed to be a fair fight. You should always have an equalizer to make sure you get home to your family. If somebody attacked me on the street, depending on the situation, I would probably work get a def, uh, an equalizer. I'm 60 years old. I'm not. I'm not in the ring. I'm not trying to. There's no score. There's no rules. The only rule is I want to get home to my family. So if that means getting an equalizer, which could be a gun or a knife. Right now we're talking about knives. Um, then I'm going to pull the knife out. And guess what? I'll worry about court later. I want to make sure I can make it to court. What do you think? I'd pull out a scalpel. <laughs> Not to defend myself. But you do have a, you do carry a knife at times, yeah. right? 
All day Tuesday and Thursday too. So if somebody attacked you in the street, right, and you didn't know how it was going to go down, and you had your family with you, and you wanted to protect your life, would you pull out an equalizer? I think I'd use any means necessary. I think anybody would. Yeah. And so a knife, and this happens to be a curved blade. They call it a karamba. Okay, a karamba, to me, is the best defensive weapon you can use for a lot of reasons. Some people prefer a straight, um, a straight knife, um, and that's better, definitely better than nothing, and it's great as well. I happen to like the crombit or the curved blade because of the blocking. Like if someone's reaching for me or had a knife of their own, I, can, I feel like I can deflect a lot more with a curved blade. And to be honest, it cuts so much deeper and the blood flow is so much more. Like if I stab somebody, you can stab them like 10 times and they can keep coming. Or, even worse, they could pull a gun out or maybe a knife and still kill you. I've seen people come into the ER with like 10 stab wounds. And then, all of a sudden, we found out it nicked their artery. So, we got to you know go in for surgery, etc. But, the point is, they can make it in. Whereas, if you slice somebody with a, and, and you had much more, much more friction, so the slice went much deeper, your chances of stopping them instantly goes up like if i slice somebody's arm with a straight uh, straight knife it would get about this thick and i maybe might nick an artery i might not but with this with this i would probably go all the way to the bone and i would nick a lot of arteries and their blood flow would increase and i think it would stop the threat quicker yeah this just really gives me flashbacks to la county hospital not not good ones either a lot of knife and gun uh, fights that end up at that hospital. Yeah, they do. I've seen, I've seen in the ER, I saw so many. And with that combined with, with my, my, my knowledge of uh, anatomy and physiology um, and just the way it feels, I just feel like it's a better, uh, I just feel like it's a better defensive knife. Um, like if you stab somebody, you can stab them in the freaking aorta. Right? And chances are they can make it to the ER. They can make it to surgery. They can survive. But if you cut someone like in their carotid artery with a curved blade and it sliced their carotid artery, they're going to die. And even more important for you guys, you don't really care that they die because they're trying to hurt you, but you do care that it stopped that threat. And I'll tell you the most certain way to stop a threat is to kill a person. This this is getting deep. That's anyway, stop, I will tell you that, that stops a moved, threat. I moved away from Los Angeles for many of these reasons. Um, we just don't see the knife and gun fighting like we saw in Los Angeles. It was it's nuts down there. It is nice, and and I've seen brutal, and I've seen worse slicing or slashing injuries than I have stabbing. And now the stabbing. Like I said, it can be it can be deadly, but it doesn't stop the threat as quickly as as a well placed slash. To bring this around to medicine, I will tell you that when you see a, a knife injury, some kind of cutting injury to the forearm, and you examine their hand, you check where they can feel, you check all their tendon function, you learn all the different stuff you need to check. Even if you check all that stuff, when you actually open someone's arm up and look. There's way more stuff cut than you thought. 
always. And there's been studies done on that where they open, you know, you have to explore these wounds. So yeah. the, from the medical perspective, when someone gets stabbed and I see them in the emergency room, you have to explore those wounds because there's always more stuff cut than you thought. Yeah, a really good way to, to, to bring that up is you can see a tiny little, just a tiny little circle right here that just looked like nothing. Barely even breathing or bleeding. It looks like nothing. But, but you can just tell there's something wrong with that person. Then they bring them into the OR and do an, you know, uh, they do an emergency lap. They, sli they slice over their stomach. Oh, it nicked, their, it, it nicked the aorta. They would have died in another. It's called an, and that's called an X-lap. Luckily, I haven't done one of those since uh, I was an intern. But uh, exploratory laparotomy. Yeah. You basically open up someone's abdomen and look around and look for what got injured. And you got to find that. You got to find that. So it's, it's, it's brutal, and you can die, and it's terrible. But to me, if you're using a weapon for self-defense, the main reason you're, you're carrying it is to stop the threat. So stopping the threat any way possible. And that's, it sounds kind of harsh. And, and, and well, what are the rules real? on excessive force? Um, the rules on excessive force are basically you exerted more force than they were. So you can't go past their exertion of force. In other words, if I sliced them and then it's, it looked like they stopped and then I went in and sliced them five more times. So I went past their force. Now, if I sliced them, right, and they kept coming, maybe they had a knife or a gun, or they kept coming, then I can, I can do, do whatever it takes until the threat is stopped. So tell me the details. Do you, did you follow this stand your ground law thing in Florida where that case just went yeah. down? Yeah. And they, I think the person got found guilty on that one. But didn't it just come back? Do you know the details oh. of that? No, but stand your ground just means, like, it's not here in California, I don't think. Uh, it's in Florida. Yeah. Um, it means that you're not allowed to stand your ground here if you can, if you can safely retreat, which to me makes sense. I'm a big self-defense guy and, and shit like that, but I, I would, if I could ever retreat safely... I would. In other words, if the guy was attacking me, it has nothing to do with running away because I can't run away because I'm slow. But if I was in my car, I could drive away. If there was a door between us, I could close the door and lock it. So you don't have to. That's called um, not standing your ground. That's retreating. But the stand your ground law means you have the right to wherever you are, you can stand your ground, which has a lot of pluses. But the minuses, I could see them too. But... In other words, if somebody was going to attack you and there's any way you can get away, then you have to you have to do that or you're not standing or you're or you're you know not really using self-defense. So all areas of retreat have to be exhausted for them to consider it self-defense. In the non don't you stand your ground uh, states, that means you don't have to go anywhere. Fuck it. Somebody comes at you, you can defend that ground yeah it's a big difference so yeah he, i wonder how many states are like that compared to our state yeah and it's I, a big I, difference yeah and it's 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 i i see the i see that point but i can also see i would try to just out of common sense not common decency because i don't think i don't think it's being decent indecent 
to hurt or kill someone that's trying to hurt or kill you. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Morally, ethically, decently. Yeah, but there are situations, though, John, where someone either has a psychotic break, there's a mental problem, they're on drugs, um, maybe they're not, you know, they have some kind of neurologic issue. There's reasons why people act out. They're not always evil. So then what do you do? That's a good one. I had this conversation with my wife today, and, and she says, well, the person shouldn't go to court, and they shouldn't have to stand trial if they're, if they're crazy. They shouldn't have to pay the same due. They shouldn't have to say, pay the same price in court. And I'm like, well, what if it's your kid that they killed? So, you know, and, and well, if they're crazy, they're crazy. But let me tell you the problem with that is you put them in a mental hospital instead of a prison, they murdered and raped someone, say. Let's pick the most heinous. They murdered and raped somebody. They went to prison. They're going to get treated like shit. They're going to get the shit kicked out of them. And they're going to spend their time in prison. My wife doesn't think they should have to do that because they're, you know, insane. So they should go to a mental hospital instead. Let me tell you the problem with that. Now, this person that raped your, your kid and killed them is going to be treated like a patient, not an inmate. They're not even allowed to call them inmates. They call them patients. So they're treated like a patient. They got much more rights. Their chance of getting out much shorter are much greater. But, the, but, but here's the problem. Is if they're in a mental hospital, they're not in prison. And that's what my wife thinks should happen. Now this person can convince... A, a psychiatrist and a psychologist that they're not crazy anymore, now that person gets back in the street because it's a hospital, not a prison. They're not going to keep people that aren't crazy, crazy there. See, that's number one. That's the, that's the back door. The front door problem is with that, with that mentality, this person, maybe they're not crazy and they killed and raped somebody, but now all you have to do is fool one psychiatrist that is not hard that is not hard it's harder to convince your wife that you were drinking with the boys when you come home if you have a little bit of lipstick on your collar okay you cannot you can't convince her of that you could convince a psychiatrist of anything anything so you can convince them you're crazy like all you have to do this is all you have to do i'm hearing voices bing now you went to a hospital instead of a prison for 25 years to life and then five years later I'm not crazy anymore boom now you're out that's why it's such a flawed system what do you think about that I don't know I, I was asking more about the person attacking you if they're not mentally there if they're not mentally there but they're trying to kill you I think you should treat them the exact same way as if because you can die just as easily from somebody that's mentally not there than somebody that's mentally there you could argue the fact that fucking uh, Charles Manson wasn't all there. He but did he kill anybody? Yeah, exactly. Did he? What? No, I don't think he did. I don't think he killed anybody. No, he, all he had to do was have his fingers and make, him ha make it happen. So what's this? Listen. From that light topic, what's a McDojo? What is this picture? All right, now, <laughs> let's go over this real quick. There's actually a guy on, um, on Instagram... And he has, a, he has the Instagram handle of, uh, um, it's called McDojo. It's called the McDojo Life, I think. I'm going to look for it right now while I'm talking. But basically what, what McDojo is, is a martial arts gym that's... Been franchised? 
It's just not real. It's not. It's phony. It's it's a weak. It's just somebody trying to make money, and it's not really teaching you. Um, it's called McDojo life, basically. Yeah, it's called McDojo life. Um, so it's basically a, a a martial arts gym that's phony. It like teaches you, oh, you touch him here, and he'll pass out, or throw your punches like this, and then hit him like this right here, and it's gonna knock him out. When you're t- teaching phony stuff, you're you're like a McDonald's for you know when it comes to food. So you just you just care about people coming in, making money, and you're not trying to keep them safe on the street like we do. All of our techniques are real. All of our techniques have been tested, proven effective. We are not a McDojo. We make sure our our students are in shape. So a McDojo is something that. Um, is a place where they don't teach the martial arts um, as, it, as it's meant to be taught. And there's so many of them out there because they're just selling memberships. They're just collecting money, but they're not teaching their students how to defend their life. I call them partial arts instead of martial arts because they're not teaching simple things like keep your hands up. They keep their hands over here, their hand on their hip, then they put their hands in weird positions and, and do these weird strikes and they name them after animals. And, and in reality, it's not going to keep them safe on the street. So it's a travesty. It's so a what's travesty. a sign for a person out there? They don't live here where the pit is and they want to go train. How do they know if they're signing up for the wrong place? There's a couple things. What's Number the one, telltale sign? Is there a red flag? Yeah, there would be. I, I'll, 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 I'll give you one. Um, like you, if you ask, if you see the person's hands anywhere near his hips, where he's keeping his hands, that's a big red flag. And when you ask him why are you doing that, he's gonna make up some kind of rule about, and he's gonna call it bunkai. They call it bunkai, and they it's 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 like the philosophy behind something, and you don't want philosophy when you're going somewhere to learn how to defend your life and your family's life. So if somebody's doing something and you don't understand why they're doing it and they can't make a clear-cut explanation that's that's self-explanatory to you, it's bullshit. If they use the word tradition, it's bullshit. If you ask them, what if somebody tries to take me down? Will you do, do you teach me how to defend a takedown? If they say anything but, yes, we teach you how to sprawl, we teach you how to use your, your distance, we teach you takedown defense. If they tell you anything like, no, nah, we'll just punch them in the face, run. Okay, run. And if you're going to any school on the opposite side of that, that teaches grappling, and you say, well, what if a guy hits me? And they just say, well, just take him down. Run. Okay, if they don't address both issues of striking and ground run now if you ask them do you what about conditioning and they say oh yeah conditioning is not important we just knock them out or you know size makes no difference run run fast because size does make a difference in a fight or else they would not have uh they would not have weight classes guys they really wouldn't Takedown defense, very important. If you don't think it's important, watch the UFC. Striking is very important. If you don't think it's very important, watch the UFC. 
right, so. That's so, what... of all the UFC fighters, people that are effective in the cage, is there one martial art discipline you think is most effective or most important? I think whatever martial art it's named, like, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, um, Mishida. Leota Mishida name calls his Mishida Karate. Okay? So it's called karate. So you think, I don't want to do karate. I'm not going to learn anything about takedown defense. Try to take down Leota uh, Mishida. Leota Mishida. Try to take him down. Of course they're teaching takedown defense now. Try to go into any jiu-jitsu school that's reputable and not just for sport. They're teaching striking now. So it's everything's been crossed over. Our, our system is called Hawaiian Kempo. We teach equal parts of grappling, striking, and physical conditioning. If they're not teaching you conditioning in every workout, run. Because conditioning is every bit as important as striking or grappling. So that's a sign that you might be in a McDojo. What about different karate or different martial arts styles? You know, different towns are going to have different gyms. Not every town has your gym. Right. So if you're going out and looking to train, what do you think is going to be most effective for self-defense for I think, somebody? I think, I don't think there's a name of a gym that's most effective or gym of, a name of a style anymore because they're all mixed. I think if you go to karate to learn like katas and fancy little moves, that's great. Then go there to learn those moves, but no, you're not going to learn how to defend your life. Well, let's or say I family. had the op option to go to a taekwondo place or MMA place. So at a taekwondo and MMA, if you want to protect the life of your family, you go MMA. Yeah. If you want to learn, uh, but if you go into that taekwondo place and they're showing you takedown defense and shit like that, you know, it could be deceiving. Like I said, Leona Mishida calls his, his style Mishida Karate, but they learn a lot of takedown defense and, and groundwork. So it's not about the name anymore. You have to go in and talk to the instructor. If they don't teach you takedown defense, striking, and physical conditioning, run. I think an important thing, something that came up on the UFC fights and that one of the announcers, maybe it was Joe Rogan, said was like, all of the champions right now in the UFC, except for two, come from wrestling. That was their base that they started with, uh, and then branched out into, you know, fighting. Yeah, which I think is, which I think, is an interesting stat. I think that stat comes from it's it's a little misleading, but it's it's. With that said, I think bet wrestling is the best base for MMA, but I think the reason there are more is because so many kids just like they play soccer. It's a, it's, it's a free sport, so so many kids play it. So many people wrestle in high school, right? So after wrestling, where's there to go? Where After high school, where's there to go? After football, it's like if there was a sport that was anything like football, people would do it. After, they would gravitate it after high school because a lot of people like aren't good enough to make it like after high school or even after college. Where are you going to go if you didn't make the Olympics? So the they're so uh, wrestlers are so competitive that they see the the UFC or MMA as the perfect venue of of, of exploiting their um, their competitive nature. Karate guys aren't a lot of karate people do it for the sport, um, for the techniques. 
but they're not really that competitive because karate isn't that competitive as a sport. There's there's once in a while there's uh there's um point tournaments or kata tournaments, but it's not as competitive. It's not as physical um, as wrestling is. So well, I think, also I, think a, the I think there's a big infrastructure on wrestling. You can wrestle when you're little. You can wrestle through high school. You can wrestle in college. You can wrestle in the Olympics. There's a lot of development of wrestlers in this country. Yeah. Now you're starting to see though some guys branch out from football into the UFC. Yeah. There's, or from uh, you know collegiate level and NFL. And and with that said, wrestling is still I think the best because it decides. If you're a really good wrestler and not good at the other two, you're not going to be as successful, but you'll be more successful than the other two options. Like if you're only good on the ground, but you have no skill on striking or takedowns, you're going to be like a fish out of water. If you're only good at striking, but you're not good at takedown defense, you're always going to get taken down. Now, if you're a wrestler... With no other skill, you can always take the guy down. Now, add some simple ground and pound to that, and and you're going to be better than the other two options. Well, you watch the UFC play out, and you see these guys that are dominant, but then they meet someone that nullifies their skills. Yeah. I just watched that fight the other night, the Khabib fight against Michael Johnson, and Michael Johnson's dominant, dominant, and then he meets... Khabib and just gets destroyed. He's just destroyed yeah. because he met someone that could do something to him that he couldn't defend. And that, you know, to in all fairness, at a level no one else can do it. Yeah, you and can't really train. I don't know if you can get a training partner to simulate that. Yeah, you couldn't. Or so, else, or else Conor McGregor would have. Right. So you see that, and you see a style that just becomes. Wait, I guess he was a sambo champion. What are they yeah. doing, sambo? Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 a Russian judo. So there must be a lot of wrestling involved. There's a lot of wrestling, a lot of throws, a lot of submissions. They look like judo guys, but they wear shorts with a gi top instead of the gi bottoms. Well, we're going to finally get to see him come back. Who's he? He's fighting Dustin Poirier, right? Yeah. So that's coming up. That's going to be a fight worth seeing, it I is. think. And, and with that said, wrestling is, the, I think, the best I bet, base to have. But you got to remember this. Like with Chuck Liddell... That he showed during his prime, um, take you could take someone down. It takes a while, and then they can get back up. You can work on taking them down, then they can get back up. But when you're a really good striker that has good takedown defense and good timing, all you gotta do is hit somebody one time on the chin, and they're going to sleep. So, the wrestler does have the advantage in that it's it's the best base to have, but a striker. A dangerous striker who adds some takedown defense, they have a, a higher advantage because all they have to do is land one punch, not just one takedown. Well, steep a DC, but DC didn't do his, he didn't use his wrestling. I guess he did. He threw yeah. him down, but but it wasn't a wrestler against a striker. He stood there and and was striking with him too. Yeah, but a, a good a good part of that has to do with Stepe is a lot like Chuck. And he makes it hard for him. It makes it hard for people to take him down. And yet, when you're trying to take down a really good striker, a knockout striker like Chuck or Stipe, you got to remember you have to put yourself in a vulnerable position to take them down because you can't take them down from, you know, past arm's length. You can't grab them with your legs. You have to grab them with your arms. So for you to get into range to grab them, 
they're, you're in range for them to hit you. So what, what happened with Michael Johnson and Khabib was he would throw, Khabib would throw punches and come at him until he got him to the cage, and he had nowhere to go, and then he'd take him down. And it was just so defeating to watch him get taken down, oh. just ride out the whole round on the bottom getting punched, and then he gets saved by the bell. And then the next round, you're just waiting for him to get taken down. It is. I, I, we haven't get to see him fight in a while. I hope he still looks as good as he did. Khabib? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he? So, he, gets, he gets injured a lot too, doesn't he? I think he's gotten injured that kept him out of a fight with Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson like four times, which would be an amazing fight that they keep trying to make. Hopefully that'll happen. That would be a good fight. But you got to remember, man, if it's it's you have to be a martial artist and not a partial artist. And you, whether you think whatever style you have and you think it's the best, just realize it's not. There's always a style that can beat you. So you have to beat them, not on your style, but you have to be able to beat them on your skills. Because if you're a striker without any takedown defense, and we saw we see what happens over and over and over, you have to be a well-rounded fighter to be considered, in my eyes, a martial artist. If you don't have all the skills, all four of them, striking, wrestling, submissions, and, and conditioning... You, you are a partial artist. You're just a partial artist. You're not a true martial artist. So, I mean, and that's, it's been proven in the UFC now. So, if there was a guy like um, Sammy Henson, man, if he came around today, shit would be, or Benny the Jet Urquides, I think, was the best kickboxer of all times, I think. And I think if he was around today, because he had a wrestling and a judo back, background, I think he would be, a UFC champion, Benny the Jet Urquides. But anyway, so stay away from McDojo's, guys. Stay away from McDojo's. They will get you killed. Nothing worse than a false sense of security. Confidence is great, but confidence that's there without any skills is a false sense of security. All right, next time we'll talk about, you got like four fights you're going to be traveling to. Uh, maybe we'll catch up and get a preview of those four fights. We do have four. We got, I got two in Bellator, two guys fighting in Bellator in the next month. I got one guy fighting in the UFC and one guy in the uh, PFL. That's awesome. You're going to be all over the place. All so we'll over get, the place. We'll get to hear about all those fights. Maybe get a preview next week. I don't. There's some fights maybe Saturday, but we'll talk. Know. We'll see you guys. We're always here. This is the best uh, podcast in the world right now. All right. Till next been, time. Till, it's been. It's Someone been, told uh, you. So, no. <laughs> Whatever.